When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to NFL Live, everyone. So glad to have you with us today. We have a special guest today, and Dominican Sue joining us here, Keyshawn Johnson as well, and we're so happy to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to, to be here. You. We got a lot to get to today, okay, and you do not want to miss this. We're going to ask this guy right here about his most recent team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How much does Tom Brady really have left in the tank? He'll tell you. Plus, the Super Bowl champion Rams are hoping to run it back, and Dominican will reveal the most important offensive pieces from the defensive perspective. It's not quarterback, by the way. Also, we talk Cowboys. You see Dak Prescott right there. And Dominican going to tell you about Dak Prescott's game and what it forces defenses to alter when it comes to their pass rush. So that's coming your way this hour with Mina Kimes and Adam Schefter as well. Before we get rolling, folks, and we'll see Adam and Mina in just a second, we got to get to the potential breaking news of the day. You got any breaking news about where you're going to play next season in Dominican? <laughs> um, unfortunately, I'm going to not have any breaking news today. Uh, I'm just here to enjoy myself and obviously with two great people in you too. Um, excited really just to understand where I could potentially be. Uh, looks like the Bucks are out of the picture, but Ooh. excited to look at all the other options. But okay. you do want to play. Of course. Uh, okay. I think I've got a lot of great talent left in my uh, engine, and people have felt that before. Okay. So maybe whoever ends up signing is going to get a really motivated guy. Let's begin with that team you mentioned, the Buccaneers, a team you're really familiar with, and Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, of course, back at the helm at quarterback. And he said... Last week, he doesn't see himself playing for five more years. Maybe that has something to do with the TV money he's got waiting out there for him. That's a nice reason to walk away whenever he's ready. But first, of course, another chance at another ring. And along those lines, I mean, the question so many have is when will Father Time catch Tom? But and Dominican Tom Brady, back with this team, you're very familiar with him. You've been there with him in Tampa. Any concerns about him slowing down? Absolutely no concerns with him slowing down. I mean, you really look at the bulk of last year. He was dominant throughout the entire year. It was amazing to watch, especially on the defense side of the ball, to be able to sit on the bench and really relax and then be able to go out there and get the ball back for him to go score another touchdown with all the other great pieces that he has on that offense. So uh, I think it's just a matter of time for him to continue to progress forward. He's going to have to continue to have a great defense and just finding some other pieces. I know he's missing one of his buddies in, uh, in Gronk right now, yeah. so hopefully they can get that sign back and go from there. Uh, really quickly, you think Gronk? comes back? Uh, I can't imagine him not coming back. Uh, huh. They've got some other good tight ends and Brayton and some of the other young guys, but I, I can't imagine Gronk not coming back. Kind of how I feel, too, but you would know better than me. Mina, you, you heard Indomitian there mentioning that defense for the Bucks. What do you think about yeah. that side of the ball when you look at this team as a whole and how they can contend in the division? Well, I think they're still going to be dominant. I mean, the thing about the Bucks is they're such a deep roster. The general manager, Jason Light, has done such a terrific job of building it that in recent years in the draft, they've been drafting for depth. That's how you know you're a Super Bowl contender. You're not drafting for need, and they've been drafting on the defensive line. So a player that I think really needs to step up because at a certain point, depth becomes a starter is Joe Tryon Shoyinka. They drafted out a UW edge rusher used situationally last year, and he really flashed some of that explosiveness that I liked about him in college, but... 
He also struggled a little bit with run defense, had the highest rate of missed tackles on the team per pro football focus, and he has to be a more complete player if he's going to step up to fill JPP's shoes. Yeah, I would say for, without question, I think the run defense definitely struggled last year, but it, it's very interesting why it struggled. They didn't run through the teeth of that defense last year. They were trying to get to the edge. A lot of pin and pulls, trying to get make our uh, DBs and the, all the young guys on the outside really tackle. And so that's something that's important for this defense to look for this year to really kind of shore that up so they can get back to being a top five, if not the best defense that they were in the past when I was there. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was because you were there. At least that was a small piece <laughs> hey, of it. I'll you say said it, it even not if me. You, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I did say it. Key, and then there's the Saints in this division. And it, listen, I mean, the moves they've made, the money they've spent, the people that they've signed, they got Jameis Winston back looking like he's going to be healthy. It makes you think that they think they're going to be really good. Do you think they're a legit threat to the Bucks in that division? Absolutely. No. Why wouldn't they be? I mean, you, you think about it in the regular season over the last couple of years, they've dominated the Bucks in the regular season. Mm-hmm. The, the one year, obviously, in the postseason, they went on to win the Super Bowl. They took care of business against them. But look, they are getting Michael Thomas back healthy. Okay, they went out in free agency. They picked up receiver. They also drafted receiver and Chris Olave. And so when you start to look at the receiving core, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, we already know what Jameis Winston is. He was 5-2 right. and two as a starter last year. Some people would question the statistics and say, oh, well, he really didn't do that much. He was 5-2 and two regardless. Defensively, Honey Badger, leader of a secondary. So there's not a lot of learning curve for any of those guys there. Dennis Allen moves from the defensive coordinator to the head coach. The DNA is still there in the organization. And I'm a nepotism guy anyway, so, yeah, there, that was you know, getting player. Michael Thomas back is like getting a priority, <laughs> getting a big-time free agent. It I is. mean, getting him back is really, really At is. least he admits it, right? Hey, some people don't admit <laughs> oh, it. Look, Mina, I, Saints, I admit I, it. I, I view the Saints as certainly a wild-card team, but I do think they're a tier below Tampa. And that's in large part because when you look at a team like the Saints and you ask yourself every year, how are they able to keep these guys under the cap? Well, they can't. Eventually, you start losing talent, whether it's a Marcus Williams, who's one of the best free safeties in the NFL, going to Baltimore, or on the offensive of the ball, side of the ball, losing Teron Armstead, who's one of the best left, left tackles in football. Suddenly, you look at this offensive line, which for years was one of the strongest units in the NFL, and there are question marks on the interior. They're counting on a rookie, Trevor Penning, to start on the left side. And you know, Jameis Winston, he needs time to get those skill players mm-hmm. the ball, and I think it's going to be more of a challenge this year than it's been in recent years. Yeah, the interesting thing, though, Jameis, I know him well. I obviously spent a year with him, and then obviously he spent time with us over in the offseason here in Portland or out in Portland where I train. He has a chip on his shoulder. He mm. wants to take that division back, and especially against the Bucks, because that's his former team. And I believe that he'll have the opportunity to do that, especially adding these other pieces that Key, pieces that Key said, being able to get Michael Thomas back, have a fresh running game. And yes, the offensive line may have taken a little bit of a hit, but I think they're going to be smart and they're going to find a way to be successful. You know Jameis well, so just quickly, when you think about some of the adjustments he made to his game last year, staying within himself a little bit more, not trying to be a guy that was throwing it all around, even though we know that great talent. Mm. Do you think he's capable of continuing to be more careful, for lack of a better way to put it? I don't think he's careful. I think he's getting wiser and smarter and getting mm-hmm. better with age. And so as you get like a wine, you get finer, you, you start to refine <laughs> those different pieces and say, hey, I'm going to take my shots when I know I can take mm-hmm. the shots and get those deep balls, like which I love throwing, like which he did with Mike Evans yeah. all the time. But at the same time, I'm going to check it down and let my running backs take care of business at the same time for me. Yeah, Adam, I like the way you phrased that there. Well, Laura, listen, I wanted to welcome in Dominic and Sue to the show, but I also noticed at the beginning that he said there wouldn't be any breaking news today, and then he proceeded 
to break news by saying it looks like he wouldn't be back in Tampa. I know. Right there is a little bit of news. And Dominic, very good job bringing the news and information. We love that early in the show. That means there are 31 other options for Indomitian and Sue this season. Anyone looking for a defensive tackle, they know where to find one. There no you question. go. Adam's going to tweet that out. Adam, you going to tweet can that I? out? Oh, yeah, go, Mina. Mina, you're late. I already did. No. Can, can we pitch Can we pitch Indomitian on some teams? Because I want to throw one out. You know, the, yeah, the Bucks were got? the super team of the West. How about the Chargers, Indomitian? I don't have the cap in Ooh. front of me, but you know that's a team that has not gotten interior pass rush, has struggled to stop the run. Get to play between Bosa and Khalil Mack. I feel like that's a Ooh. Super Bowl contender. What do you think? Yeah, Bosa and Khalil Mack is a beautiful pitcher. Uh, I would love to have either one of those guys on side of me, if not both of them. Uh, they've struggled interiorly without question, without having me bang for a long time. Yeah. The only problem there, though, uh, and this is my financial side, those taxes in California. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, boy. Hey, very scary. Go. Financially. And Key, you know about those taxes in California. You got a team you want to they pitch them on? They could take all mine to be in California. I don't care. <laughs> the Chargers, though. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, perfect, yeah. you're right there, you in L.A., not too far from home. I mean, you know, you, in, at this stage in your life, though, taxes is not an issue. You just want to play football. Play football, have an opportunity to go win another ring. That's the most important, as you mentioned, and it'd be exciting. We'll, you know, we'll see how it happens. They and can use you in that, in that yeah. division for sure. With he all sounds intrigued. Yeah. He well, sounds very saying, intrigued. Hey, by the end of this show, maybe we'll have this all figured out and we can go ahead and break that news at the end. Let's get Adam going, though, on some mini camp stories. They wrapped up last week. Lots of unfinished business out there, though. Take us through some of that. Let's start with Lamar Jackson, Adam. Well, Laura, everybody's waiting to see if and when the Ravens can get a new deal done for Lamar Jackson. And again, the Ravens have been open to doing a deal. Lamar has been the one who hasn't been as receptive. Be curious to hear Indomitian's thoughts on Lamar not wanting to do the deal so far. But it would be Lamar's best interest to try to get a deal done. There have been some big quarterback deals. This would figure to be one of the next ones that could get done. Meanwhile, we continue to wait for a Baker Mayfield trade. Nothing looks imminent at this point in time. The Browns have been exceedingly patient in trying to find a new home for Baker Mayfield. And you have to figure at some point in time that maybe at some point this summer there will be a team that does have a quarterback need. Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo would be the top two quarterback options out there. And then, of course, maybe the Browns will need a quarterback. We are still waiting to hear from the NFL on when it decides to discipline Deshaun Watson. I think there are people who believe that that decision could come sooner rather than later. People think it's going to come before training camp. So that certainly sets up the next month as the timeline for when the NFL could render a decision on Deshaun Watson. The NFLPA also will have something to say about that. Deshaun Watson has denied any wrongdoing here. And then it could go, of course, to the arbitrator, Sue Robinson, who could render a decision that would go to Roger Goodell. We'll see what happens there, Laura. All right, Adam, we'll continue to keep an eye on that. You mentioned Lamar Jackson and what Indomitian Sue might think. We might just have to ask him a little bit later on as he one time represented himself before, so he knows a thing or two about that. Plenty more to come here on NFL Live. As Indomitian's here with us the entire show, the Rams added some key veterans to this mix this offseason. Will it be enough to go back-to-back? Mina is going to dial in on the evolution of that offense that needs to happen in L.A. She'll give you all the pieces there. Plus, we're getting into everything you need to know about the Denver Broncos. And some people doubting them will tell you who that is and why. It's probably Keyshawn, especially you should have seen the way he looked at me just then. We'll be right back on NFL Live. Keep it locked right here.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's go, man. This is to win the Super Bowl. Let's go. Back shoulder. Cooper Cup's got it. Yeah! Aaron Donald's going to make it. The Los Angeles Rams are world champions! Yes, sir! We're world champions! We're world champions! Take it in, man! Take it in! No matter how many times you've thought about it, no matter how many times you've dreamed about the Lombardi Trophy, when you got it in your hands, man, it is special. It's like going to football heaven. Run it back! Run it back! Run it back! Hey, the Rams were in no rush to get to the offseason after winning a Super Bowl, but they were busy once the parade ended. L.A. signed Super Bowl heroes Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald all to major extensions. Love to see that. And then they also brought in help from outside the organization. The Rams signed former Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson to a three-year deal and former division rival linebacker Bobby Wagner from Seattle. The Rams also active in the trade market. They dealt wideout Robert Woods to the Titans for a six-round pick, sending out a fifth-round pick to the Browns for cornerback Troy Hill, who spent 2016 to 2020 with L.A., so some familiarity there. Kate, the Rams brought almost everybody back from yeah. last year, right, as we just told you right there. Is this offense good enough, though, to take them back to a Super Bowl? I think it is. Uh, when, I, when I look at the offense, the offense is Cooper Cup. Let's start there. Yeah. Right. And then you talked about Robert Woods being gone, bringing in Allen Robinson. You don't miss anything there, Van Jefferson. And then I think OBJ will be in the mix at some point in time for them when he's healthy. Cam Akers, if he can stay healthy, we know second half of the season when he came back, what that running game became, especially into the playoffs. But here's the key for me. Two guys that come back, the head coach, Sean McVay, and Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator. Mm. So what more do you need? You got the main two guys back. They didn't lose either one of them. And you got the quarterback back. So I think they'll be fine. I really They're winning do. the Super Bowl again? See, now you're asking me something totally well, different. Well, I mean, Key, you, I, I don't, I, that's what I did ask. I said, is the offense good enough to take them back to the Super Bowl? I, I, think, I think so, with a little bit of defensive help. I don't know if they'll win it again because I'm, I'm a Saints guy. I like know. nailing you down there on June. Uh, go ahead, Mina. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, um, I have a lot of confidence in this Rams offense, um, you know, especially if they get OBJ back. But bringing in Allen Robinson, really interesting addition because, you know, he's such a different player from both OBJ and Robert Woods in terms of, uh, you know, his style. He's a real technician as a route runner. And this is an offense that we've also seen evolve over time, even last season, as Sean McVay sort of merged his, you know, wide zone bootleg scheme with what Matthew Stafford does more with the traditional drop back game out of empty. And it felt like by the end of the season, they had really kind of come together and figured out how to operate at a high level. Mm -hmm. So when you consider the fact that they have another offseason under the belt, even with some turnover on the offensive line, I expect them to be one of the best units in the NFL. Yeah. So the interesting thing is, though, as Key mentioned, Cooper Cup is the key in their offense and yeah. getting that passing game going. But Van Jeff- Jefferson and Allen Robbins, who they just got, have to step up, especially with Woods leaving. But nobody really understands how they reached their success getting into the Super Bowl, beating the Bucks, beating all the different teams that the dude did to get there. And even in that game was their running game. That yeah. running game carried them throughout the playoffs and will continue to do that and relieve a lot of pressure off of Matthew Stafford when he's going through ups and downs and different things. And hopefully they don't have that this year because they have another year, they'll have another year going together. But I think that running game is a very big key for them. Yeah, I mean, and they've had so many injuries. You know, Key, you talked about Cam Akers coming back. He wasn't quite himself. I thought Gerald Henderson was actually better at times. Then they go out and they draft Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame, and suddenly this group, which really looked like it could be an issue for them last season, looks healthy again. And to Domkin's point, they're going to lean on them heavily, as they have done in the past, because Sean McVay is a very run-centric coach. The crazy thing about it, Laura and, and Sue, as you know, the Rams will start off one way. By the time they get to the trade deadline, they'll make some moves and bring in guys. Yeah. And all of a sudden you say, well, how could, where are the picks going? How, where do you get the money from? And then they're, they're doing it all over again. Hey, so I, wild. You want to, what about, let's pitch well, you on the Rams. Does that make sense, a return there? It could. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if their cap is going to allow something like that That's to happen. <laughs> and again, we're back in California. <laughs> Although I did have a great conversation with the Cronky the other day. So oh. I still have affinity for that organization and, and wish them well when we're not playing against each other. Okay. I let, Mina, did you have something? You were going to say something there? Oh, no. I mean, I think there is. That actually is an area of need, although they have Greg Gaines at nose tackle, but with Sebastian Joseph Day going to the Chargers. There's some depth issues, I would say, on the inside that Dominican could solve, but um, they don't have as much cap space as the Chargers. Or I'm going to throw out another team. This is my new bet. Dominican, how about the Raiders? $20 million in cap space right now. Rebuilt offense to compete in the AFC West. You love that tax situation. (laughs) An interior defensive line, to me, jumps out as a real need on this team because, of course, you got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the outside. What do you think? I like it, uh, to be honest with you. Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, uh, I was exchanging messages with him the other day. Uh, It's it's an interesting opportunity for sure. We'll see where it kind of ends up, but... It could be that NFC West is – I mean, AFC West is very, very yeah. tough, which would be fun. You get out of that, you're almost destined to get to the Super Bowl. You know, the funny thing is, uh, Indomitian thought he was signing up for a day being a guest analyst here, a couple days guest <laughs> analyst here. He did not realize, and neither did we, that we were going to end up pitching you on all these different teams. We're going to pitch you on the entire NFL before we're through here. For real. <laughs> but either way, it was your fault because you said the Bucks were out of the picture off the top of the show, so you were asking for it. It's fine. All right, we got a lot more coming your way here on NFL Live. Keyshawn might not be convinced the Broncos are Super Bowl contenders, Contenders, but that's not stopping at confident Russell Wilson from making his presence known in Denver. Listen to this. It's next. I want to make sure I go to a city that wants to win. I want to make sure I go to a team that wants to win. 
and uh, I want to go to a city that knows how to win. And uh, all those three things were checked off the box here in Denver. Game three of the Stanley Cup final tonight with the Avs up two games to none after their 7-0 win over the Lightning Saturday night. Our coverage begins at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain on ABC and ESPN+. Plus. Don't miss it. And here's the next UFC fight night Saturday from the Apex in Las Vegas with our lightweight main event. The prelims start at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on ESPN2, followed by the main card at 10 Eastern on ESPN. Both available on ESPN+. Plus. You can get that by going to ESPNplus.com or downloading the ESPN app. This was a crazy quarterback offseason. Take a look at some of the key quarterback trades since we last saw real football. It's kind of wild if you think about all this. Former league MVP Matt Ryan has a new home in Indianapolis. While the Browns added Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz will be commanding the Washington offense. While the Broncos look to take a big swing for former Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson. So for more on Russell Wilson's big move, we introduce Adam Schefter's top offseason questions. What is Russell Wilson cooking up? I've been cooking for some years now. Russ, going to let it fly down the middle of the field. He's got it! Touchdown, Seahawks! A matchup between Wilson's former team and his current team that the NFL was so anxious to see, it didn't want to wait any longer than week one before locking it in for this season's opening Monday night game. Broncos at Seahawks, Wilson back in Seattle, and it remains uncertain which quarterback, Geno Smith or Drew Locke or someone else, he will face on the opening Monday night of the season. That's one of the fascinating parts of one of this offseason's biggest trades. Two teams, Denver and Seattle, remade their quarterback situation with one deal. He was our number one target. We were going to do anything it took to get Russ. Denver now will rely on Wilson to become the first quarterback it can count on since Peyton Manning retired. I feel extremely confident in what we're doing, man. We look really good. I think we got a chance. Seattle is starting from scratch with extra picks to reboot and reload. And each team's path will intersect in the first Monday night game of the season in a matchup the NFL and its fans can't wait to see. And Dominican Sue with us today imparting his wisdom. So is Russell the piece that the Broncos needed to be successful? In my great opinion, I think he's a great addition, but I think he's in the same situation that he was when, when he was in Seattle. Uh, that wow. O-line has to protect him, and I don't mm-hmm. see the last time I played against him and looking at their roster, I don't see that happening, truthfully. Wow. <laughs> so, wait, wait a second. So you're saying that this Broncos O-line is not in, at all an upgrade over what he had in Seattle? I don't believe so. I mean, you have some great Hall of Famers potentially in, uh, in Seattle where they had some great guys over there, but... I don't see that over there in, in Denver and being able to be able to protect him day in and day out each and every single game. And you look at Drew Luck there, he's getting touched every single play. So yeah. I can't imagine, yes, Russell's a lot more athletic, but he's getting older in age. He's not going to want to take all those hits all the time. I guess I can go a lot of different places with this, Laura, right? I don't think that they're a Super Bowl caliber team. It, it, it's weird to me that when you look at the landscape of the National Football League, and I'm talking about for a period of time, Mm-hmm. outside of Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning left due to injury, mm-hmm. okay? That, that's the only reason why he didn't retire a, a, a coat. Nobody gets rid of their Super Bowl winning quarterback that potentially could be a Hall of Famer because they got a little issue. The Green Bay Packers didn't get rid of no damn Aaron Rodgers. They kept Aaron Rodgers, right? So when you start to look at it, 
Why did Seattle say, you know what, man? Go, go, okay, go, go ahead. Go, because they don't believe, in you my opinion. Think, you don't think that, that Russell himself, though, forced that? Yeah, but you, just because you force them don't mean I have to allow you the exit door. We've okay. seen many players try it. And it, if you play the quarterback position, Laura, they like to hold on to those guys, right? Yeah. If you can play, they're going to hold on to you at that spot. Plus, I look at the receiving core that he had, and some could argue that maybe it was Teddy Bridgewater, maybe it was Drew Locke. That was the reason these receivers, and Courtney Sutton and, and Jared Judy and those guys didn't live up to their uh, potential thus far. But I don't know that because when you go to Seattle and you look at the way Seattle was winning, I'm talking about winning Super Bowl-type caliber team getting there, it was based on that defense and a strong running game. Right. So if and I don't want to sound like a hater, but it's the reality of it. Well, let, let's dive just a little bit deeper here before I go to you, Mina. If you're trying to pick out what's wrong or going wrong with Russell Wilson and why you might let him go, what would it be? I think it's more about he's not the quarterback that can take you to a Super Bowl and win it. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's a good piece with everything else around. That, that's just me, Laura. Now, I could be, you know, I could be totally wrong. But as of right now, I think I'm pretty damn right. Okay. Well, I mean, listen, we'll find out. You know, if, if Russ and the Broncos make it to the Super Bowl, we're going to replay this. Mina, how important will the Broncos' defense, though, be to their success? <laughs> he said so much stuff there. I'm trying to figure out which parts to address. <laughs> I said it was a Wilson. lot. I can go a lot of different I ways. Think, I like it. You said a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff I don't agree with, but this is see, the first take. This, so, see, see. Um, let her go. Go, Mina. Well, look, I, I, I want to say this about the Broncos. Let's focus on the Broncos. First of all, I think Russell Wilson is a Super Bowl, uh, a type of quarterback you win games because of, not with, in the NFL. Um, we saw that year after year in Seattle with the degradation of that offensive line. They did have good skill players, but so often it came down to, hey, Russ, go make magic happen. I think in Denver, he does have a group of skill players. I think Cortland Sutton is excellent. Tim Patrick, extremely underrated, uh, pardon me. Phenomenal running back duo and Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. So I do think, um, and Dominican makes a good point about the offensive line being the potential weak link, but that is a good offense. Now the defense. This defense is good. They're significantly better than Seattle. I, I think when you look at them at every level, you realize, oh, there is not just talent, names you know, like Patrick Sertan II, Justin Simmons, who are you know at the top of their positions. I would say that already about Sertan, but key role players, underrated guys like Josie Jewell at linebacker, Draymond Jones, they bring in DJ Jones on the defensive line. The key, however, is they need to get a pass rush. And Bradley Chubb has been so up and down, of course, suffered injuries. They bring in Randy Gregory. They need them to hit this year for that defense to finish top 10. Because even without all those role players, unless they can get a true pass rush going, it'll all be for naught. And Dominican, here's my question. Did you play against the Broncos offensive line when Garrett Bowles was playing like a first-round bust? Or did you play against oh. him once he had developed and been paid? Because he was a different kind of player last year. And they also drafted Dalton Reisner, and he played well. So those are two strong offensive linemen. And I'm not telling it's the best offensive line in the league, but to Mina's point, the surrounding cast all around this team is pretty strong. We've got a new coaching staff. They've got new ownership. There is a lot that's new about Denver. And so the Broncos that – Keen and Dominican are thinking of might not be the Broncos that people recognize this upcoming summer, especially once Russell's playing quarterback. 
because we all know how important that position is and how much changes once you get quarterback play. And key, Russell did help lead the Seahawks to one Super Bowl title, and if they'd run the ball, it would have been two. So he is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback that Denver invested an awful lot in, that Denver (laughs) believed in, that Denver went all out to get because it believed that Russell would put it right in the thick of things in the AFC West. Adam, I agree with you. He is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, two-time appearing Super Bowl-winning quarterback. quarterback. What I said is that that defense, and I think we all know this, carried them to both of those Super Bowls, and they should have won if they just run the ball instead of trying to let Russ cook. I understand he puts up phenomenal numbers. He is a great guy, and we all love him in the media because he's a perfect person. I get it. But so look at this. His own teammates in Seattle, that was his teammates, said that he he wasn't the reason that they went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. I'm just going off what I see. That's all. And I understand that they got some talented receivers in Denver. They haven't shown enough to make me go, wow. Now, maybe it's because the quarterback position wasn't very good. We'll get an opportunity to see that. I'm not going to jump on the table in T-shirts and shorts in minicamp in OTAs. I'm just not going to do it. And I get it, Adam. I understand. But I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I like that. I appreciate that because it means a lot. When you get into the trenches, and Adam, you made a comment about Garrett Bowles. I played against him in both sides. And when he was a young pup, and then when we went there the last time with the Bucks, and Shaq Barrett had a lot of fun. I went out there, had a little bit of fun. <laughs> and then we went back to Tampa. So Ooh, check the tape. At the, at the end of the day, you got to look at the tape and then obviously go from there. All right, so no one's stepping <laughs> on the table here in uh, T-shirt and shorts, thank goodness. But either way, Key, I didn't know you were going to go that hard on Denver today. That's I, I, interesting. It's, it's just, That's all right. We'll do it in a commercial a break. Stick around because we got a lot coming your way next. And Dominican Sue goes into the trenches. You don't want to miss this. Ranking his top five toughest opposing offensive lineman matchups. See who he singles out as the best in the game. You don't want to miss this. Coming from someone who also is the best in the game on his side of the ball. We'll be right back on NFL Live. Wow, Key. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Everything you look for in a deep tackle. And Demock and Sue pouring through. There's Sue out of sack. The hunt for the quarterback. I got it in me, I got it in me, I got it in me. 
wants to squirm, if he wants to run, or if he wants to just take the hit. Our guest today, Mr. Sue, has started 164 straight games. That's a streak that began all the way back in 2011, the only defensive lineman over the last 40 years that started more consecutive games as Bengals and Niners standout Justin Smith. Sue's 164 straight starts is the longest active streak in the league, regardless of position. That's wild. It's especially impressive considering the spot in the trenches. It's not easy in those trenches. Key wouldn't know anything about that, but you know everything about that. So now, let's go in the trenches, right? Take us through your top five toughest offensive line matchups. And listen, don't be easy on these old linemen. Like, we know what you D-linemen like to do, and let's lean into that, okay? Who's number five? So, number five, I would, I would go with Zach Martin, Ooh. a guy. Well, let me start here. At the end of the day, every offensive lineman needs some help. So you got to get help regardless when you're going yep. against great defense alignment. So Zach Martin, I'd put him at number five. It's a young cat that has been doing a lot of good things for Dallas. Uh, really been the only guy that's been there for a long period of time consistently. Mm. Uh, I miss him this past season. I don't know why he got COVID, but he did. And uh, <laughs> I did miss week one. I missed him on that one. So, uh, But he's a great guy. And I think he will continue to play at a high level as he continues to go in the league. I would probably, the fourth guy for me is a guy that has been retired for a long time, mm. Josh Sitton. He has been in Green Bay for a long period of time, and it was battles, left and right, every, twice a year, lots of fun. Uh, and again, he got help from the center. They had some great help. Man, that looked like one-on-one right there. Look at that. That's a run play ball. <laughs> That's a run play ball. I'm talking about pass rush. You're, you're graded on pass rush. So let me get that one-on-one. You see how the good help? Right see there, help. coming over there? Little yeah. help. So. so how about number three as we move down your list? We've already got Zach Martin and Josh sitting on there. Who's number three? Number three, I'm putting Trent Williams. Ooh, and the reason why, I got a lot of respect for him. I don't go against him a lot, but the times I have, he's been very, very tough to go against. Huh. And he's been doing it for a long time. He's been doing it at Washington for a long time. He's gone to San Francisco and is leading that charge there. And I know him personally, so I love going against him, and he's a he's a problem to deal with. What drives you nuts about an offensive lineman? Maybe it's something that Trent does. Like, what specifically just really annoys you that they do? His weight, just putting that yeah. full body weight. And then you see him come across, they take him all out of the line, and he's coming around the corner. Big guys on little guys. That, those are problems. See, I would have thought he would be one, though, just because, I don't I know. know. I now just, I'm interested to see who's he, two he's and one. He's a tackle, one. though. So he gets a little favor. He gets to be out uh, there on the edge, going against the finesse guys. He's got great feet, so he can hang with them. And then, then you he's get a little chip with, from a back or something. Get a little from help. a tight end, yeah, a, tight a back, end. running back, all that. So, again, offensive linemen always get help. They can't do it by themselves. Go ahead. Then this young guy, his dad was a great Hall of Famer, uh, and he was a problem in Chicago. Uh, this was a matchup that we definitely studied and worried about from a standpoint. I did get some one-on-ones, but I got plenty of wins against him at the same time. You look at that help again. Look at that. Garza. Garza coming over to help him. We're not D-line biased here at all, are we today? No, not at all. Okay, as we bring in number one, I just want to pause for a quick second. Who's the biggest trash talker of these guys? And maybe it is number one. I, I don't know. You tell me. No, no. Yonda is not uh, the biggest trash talker. He will be my number one. Trent Williams, I would say, is Ooh. he can back up the Gets talk. Gets in the air a little so bit. So yeah. you get him started, he will definitely keep chirping at you. Uh, but as I said, 
Yonda is my number one. This guy here has been wow. doing it for a long period of time. Got a ton of respect for him. But I am a little upset for the fact late in his career, he ran away from me. He went to the left side. And I play both sides on the defensive line, but he purposely knows where I line up most of the time on the, on the left side being he should be right guard. He disappeared. Man, did you ask him about that? You I did. We had camp with them uh, when I was in L.A. And yeah. uh, he was actually out coming off an injury. And I asked him, man, why'd you go to the left side? Like, I, we like going against each other. We have good battles. He's like, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm a team guy. I fill in the holes and fill in the gaps. So I respect that. Or maybe he didn't like it as much as you liked it. <laughs> maybe He's not. Like, maybe not. Out of here. There, All right, there's the list. So Keith? who retired up here, you said just Josh, right? So Josh, Josh? and Yonder both retired. Yonder retired. And then uh, Kyle was in KC last year. Uh, I think he was dealing with some injuries. Uh, but obviously Trent's doing a great job still. And Zach is still doing an amazing job for the Cowboys. It'll be interesting to see these matchups of the guys still up here with whatever your new team is. Now that we pitched you on so many teams here today on NFL Live. Get back to that. <laughs> Just a little bit, but time for a little read and react. With Hollywood Brown being traded away to Arizona on draft night, that means Rashad Bateman, the new wide receiver, won in Baltimore. So Bateman said this to the Baltimore Sun about taking over that role. He said, that's the role I've always wanted to be in. I'm excited to take that role. When asked about finding ways to lead, he added, quote, hopefully I can show that by the way I work, by being the first one here every day. So, Mina, can Bateman step into the wide receiver one role for the Ravens in your mind? You know, I think he can. I've been high on this guy since college. Love when the Ravens drafted him. True X receiver, can beat press, can win on the inside and the outside, separate, contested catchability. Mark Andrews is the number one weapon in this offense, but just in his second season, Rashad Bateman is clearly the number one wide receiver and needs to be for this Ravens offense to fly. Yeah, Mino is president of the Bateman. Uh, that's Rashad Bateman's fan club, so obviously that's how you would answer that. That fan club's still going strong, by the way. Now to Washington, where Terry McLaurin did not attend minicamp as they try to work out a new contract. Here's Ron Rivera, the head coach on McLaurin. When a player like this does make the impact he's made, and not just on the football team, but you know, around the community and everything, you have to be able to take care of that guy so everybody understands that you know this is the type of player we want. Guys that do it this way, we're not trading Terry. Everything we're doing is we're trying to get this done. We intend to do this because we believe in, in who Terry is for us and what he can bring to the table. He's so beloved by his team, Scary Terry is. Adam, take us through the latest on wide receiver contracts. Let's start with McLaurin. Well, there have been talks, Laura, but it doesn't seem right now like it's close to a deal. And Terry mm -hmm. McLaurin has stayed away from the mandatory minicamp. And with the money going around to wide receivers this offseason, why would a wide receiver step on the football field right now until he had the new contract? McLaurin wants that new deal. He sees himself comparable to some of these other great young wide receivers that have been paid this offseason. He's looking to be one of the next ones, as is DK Metcalf, the Seattle Seahawks wide receiver. Doesn't look like Seattle also is interested in dealing DK Metcalf, just as Washington isn't interested in dealing Terry McCord. Seattle would like to get DK Metcalf signed to a long-term deal. We'll see whether the two sides can figure out this summer, but no deal as of yet. And no deal yet in San Francisco. But the fact that Debo Samuel was back last week for the mandatory minicamp, even though he wasn't doing very much, was a positive sign, I think, for both sides. The 49ers have said that they don't want to trade him. They want to work out a new deal. We'll see whether Debo is willing to take a new deal. It's been a little bit mysterious as to why 
He is wanted out. A lot of theories floating around. But the fact of the matter is the Niners want to keep him. They want to pay him. And he was there last week, which certainly seems to be a step in the right direction for both sides. As you said so many times, Adam, when this wide receiver market got going the way that it has, you're either going to pay the guy that you have or someone else yeah. is going to pay big money to get him. And we're going to keep an eye on that as I think a lot of that's going to continue to heat up. Hey, everything's bigger in Texas, including the pressure for the Cowboys to find playoff success. All eyes looking at Dak. Find out what Mina says could be the answer to Dak having a huge breakout season. It's next on the show. We'll be right back. NFL Live, and there's always something going down in Dallas, right? This offseason, the team made waves by dealing Amari Cooper to the Browns. That left CeeDee Lamb as the team's top wideout. They also franchise tag tight end Dalton Schultz. Schultz and Dallas still have until July 15th, remember, to reach a multi-year agreement, something Schultz would like to see. And after a season of offensive line instability, Dallas used the 24th overall pick on former Tulsa lineman Tyler Smith. The team hoping Smith will provide starter-level versatility to protect Dak Prescott. Speaking of him, he doesn't have to worry about rehabbing this offseason. Dallas's QB one is fully healthy after spending the 2021 offseason recovering from that right ankle surgery. Here's Mike McCarthy. I think like anything, it's just, you know, this is year three in the offense. Uh, the, the opportunity to move more probably, you know, potentially than he did in the past uh, as far as what he's being asked to do. Uh, you know, you see, I, I think he's clearly, the thing that jumps out to me is, is his uh, movement ability in the scramble drills and scramble situations, uh, you know, the way he activates the scramble drills. Uh, so it just, you know, it's just, he's got more reps at it. It's more, it's more natural to him. So it looks, it looks really good. Mina, how much of a difference will Dak's mobility make this season, getting back to what well, we kind of know him as a quarterback at that position? Well, it's huge, Laura. I mean, Dak is not a dual-threat quarterback in the sense you're not going to lean heavily on the designed runs, but he is mobile, and at his best, the threat of him scrambling, throwing hmm. on the move is a big part of what's made this Cowboys offense so dangerous when he's healthy. And last season, when he did get hurt, I think it's a big part of the reason why that offense struggled after week six. You know, before then, on design rollouts and scrambles, Dak was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. After the in injury, his numbers dropped precipitously. I mean, talking about going from a QBR of 93 to 46, not a massive sample size, but it's enough to make a big difference in this offense where you want him on the move. And that's why I think hearing, oh, he's healthy and he's going to be, you know, at full strength coming back has to be tremendously encouraging for Dallas because his health is, a, is I would say, the single biggest reason why they struggled last year. Yeah, you know, so much of the overall scheme in the NFL offensively has changed, right, with quarterbacks and Dominican that you want to see be mobile in some way, shape, or form and, and causing nightmares sometimes for defense. And so when you think about Dak specifically in his yeah. mobility, how does your approach defensively change? Yeah, he has that threat to get outside the pocket and really hurt you. So mm -hmm. as a defensive line, you really think in the back of your head, yes, I want to get after him. I want to put that pressure on him. But at the same time, i got to be conscious. If he gets outside that pocket, gets outside that edge, it's a problem. And we're going to be in a huge foot race, especially for playing man-to-man -man coverage. So mm. it's a difficult, difficult, diff definitely a difficult thing that we have to focus on and really 
be very cognizant about. Yeah, it's funny when those quarterbacks really do actually make you have to change what you're doing schematically because you have to think about what they bring to the table. And along those lines, Key, C.D. Lamb now forced into the position of being the number one wide receiver with Amari Cooper gone. He said he's ready for that. He's been it in college. But is he really a number one receiver at the NFL level? College is different than the pros, and both mm-hmm. of you know that. I-, I think he could be ready. I don't know that he is yet. And in and, and when you think about a number one, let's not even use one and two, a guy who's the lead dog in a passing game. Okay. okay, I don't know that he's ready to be the lead dog in a passing game yet because it's one thing to get the second and the third corner opposed to all pro guys, lead hmm. dogs at that position. When you're starting to be double teamed, their linebackers are buzzing out underneath slant routes looking to knock your head off, or your safety sliding over the top of you, and they're rolling coverage to you on a constant basis, it's way different than being the number two guy where they're not even really paying you attention, right. and they're not game planning for you every single week. Now, can he do it? Yeah, he did it. He did it before at Oklahoma. I think he can. I just don't know. It's just yeah. hard to say. Most number one receivers don't slide into the road. They come in as the number one. Hmm. Think about what I'm saying. They yeah, come in as one. Well, also, he's got to hold on to the football, too. When he oh, yeah, he got a lot of dropsies. Yeah, we were playing that video last week, and it kind of shocks you a little bit. Time for one more thing before you go. And what a special time over the weekend to celebrate Father's Day. We have some incredible fathers on this show, one of them being Field Yates, and that's little Kinley Yates, who was just born recently. You see her little onesie there. It says ESPN and chill with my daddy. What a cutie. Yeah, I'm going to have to talk to Phil, though. He, <laughs> he let the doggy lick on the baby. I ain't oh, like that. My I ain't goodness. like that, man. God, it's so cute. We also want to shout out all the amazing dads in our NFL Live crew, and of course, everyone on the crew shouting out their dads as well. We appreciate all of you, the leadership and the incredible love that all these dads show. And one of my favorite things about our crew is the incredible dads that we have here. So happy Father's Day to all of you, and especially to all of you at home too, and to all of our dads. We'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live. Thanks for being with us.